I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm ready to groove tonight. Is that what I'm ready to do? So, <laughs> how about one more hand for those guys? Aren't they phenomenal? Man, we're blessed. We're, if you enjoyed it, you're not going to want to miss it, man. We're going to be out there tomorrow night, and we're going to be playing. And you know when the people hear that music, they're going to be coming. Amen? You know they're going to be here, and, and they'll be forgetting about their troubles. Leave your worries far behind you. Don't you wait another minute, amen? So we're excited. I want to say thank you so much for all their hard work, using their talent, gifts for uh, the glory of God. None of it happens without the whole series we're talking about today. Together. Together. We do things together. We can't accomplish half of what, of what we have accomplished without being together. Our life, we need to think about, even in your marriage, togetherness. It's powerful, isn't it? We can agree together. And so today as we're talking about this idea of together, I want to remind you that Jesus talked about the power of together. He talked about it in Matthew 18, 20 when he said, For two or three gathered together in my name, there I am. I'm there. And if you see that, he says, I am there among them. Now, that's power for you and I to know. So some people instantly say, well, hold on now. Does that mean he's not with me when I'm by myself? No. Because how do we interpret Scripture? With Scripture. And, the, and Psalm 139 says, if I make my bed in the depths or if I go to the heavens, you are there. So God is always with us. He said he'll never leave us, never forsake us, but I believe that you and I have already experienced what together's for. This morning is a perfect example. As we were worshiping and lifting up the name of Jesus and praying, this is what we get a chance to do all the one another's together. You can't do one another by yourself. You know what I mean? If you think about it, you can't do it one another by yourself. And so it's important for you and I to understand the power of community, but not just community, biblical community, community where we're coming together around the word of God, around prayer, around faith, which is incredibly critical for us. Uh, the Bible told, uh, reminds us that uh, biblical relationships, we're here to support one another, love one another, and we're here to, to do life together. And the truth is, I believe that all of us have greatness in us. Now, I'm not talking about fame and fortune. I'm talking about greatness knowing and doing God's will for your life. If you define it like that. And I believe every single one of us has that potential in us. I believe that we all have more potential than you could even imagine. But I believe that many of us either were or are or will be lacking one huge thing. And that is the right relationships. I believe that we all need the right relationships because those relationships are what are going to move you forward. You'll never do all that God wants to do without the right people around you. That's the truth. You can fill that in, number one. You'll never do all that, all that God wants you to do without the right people around you. We need the right people. I think about the story yesterday. Uh, we, were get, we were preparing for the evangelism camp, and we were going to go out, and, and Dave goes over, Dave Smith goes over to, to, uh, to Glenn, and he says, man, I'm, I'm scared. And Dave doesn't mind, at least he doesn't mind saying I'm scared, you know? And he's like, man, I'm scared. I've never done anything like this. And Glenn's like, man, you're going to be awesome. God's going to be with you. Andre went with him. Candace went with him. They went out, and 10 o'clock last night, I get a text from Dave that says, Mike, I got to tell you, man, I 
I am just excited. I can't believe God used me. It's like he just took over. And we sent him a picture that he didn't even know that we took. Uh, Glenn took a picture of him, Candace, and Andre praying for a man who was walking down the street. And they, they laid hands and they prayed for that man right there in the midst of his need. And he's like, I can't believe God did that in me. But you see, the right relationships will get you to do all God wants you to do. But if you, if you don't have those right relationships where people are moving you toward that, you just sit in the pew and we just do church. We don't, we're not the church, we just do church. And so this is what we're challenged to do. We're challenged to go out and, and it challenges us. But I, I, I venture to say this is even deeper because that relationship goes back further. You see, because a number of years ago, a guy named Chris paid Dave's way to the men's retreat. And then Dave was standing there, his wife was standing there, and Chris was like, oh, you're going. And he paid his way. And then I was like, well, bro, you have to go now because I see it, you see it. And I said to his wife, Candace, well, is it? And she's like, he's going. I don't care what he has to do. And that relationship began a men's ministry relationship. And Dave has been in Wednesday night Bible study ever since, growing in his faith. Right relationships... Right time, right place has propelled him to a place where now he's on the streets sharing his faith. But that wouldn't happen with the wrong relationships. And so, so we'll never accomplish all that God has to accomplish within us without the right people around us. It's true. Some people say, well, isn't, it doesn't, isn't God enough? God is always more than enough, but God has put people in your life. You cannot fulfill the, the great commission, the great commandment without people. You can't, you can't love the Lord your God with all your heart, man, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. If there's no neighbors, you can't love them. So it makes sense, and, and the Bible says this, what, what blows my mind and what excites me about it at the same time is that there was one thing that God said wasn't good in creation. And it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. If you read the account of creation, he said this was good, and this was good, and this was good, and this was very good. And then when he got and he saw Adam was alone, the first thing he said was, this ain't good. It's the first thing God declared wasn't good. And so, so, he, so he creates Eve, and he gives Adam someone who can identify with him. And then they could be together, someone who acts and thinks and, and is in the same faith. And it's beautiful when you think about that. It was biblical community, and you and I need that biblical community, not just in marriage, but in family and friends. Your small group means something to you because they know what's going on in your life. Your Bible study means something. Your ministry team means something to you because they know what's happening. The Bible consistently talks about that. It says two are better than one. If somebody falls down and he's by himself, he can't pick himself up. But if he falls down, he's got a friend. His friend can help him up or step on him. <laughs> help him up, right? That's what we're supposed to do in church. I'm just checking. I want to make sure we all are reading the same Bible. Because remember last week we found out the Pharisees added a few things that weren't there. And then in Deuteronomy, what I love is it says, one can put a thousand to flight and two can put two thousand to flight. No. Nope. Two can put what? Ten thousand to flight. See, God's economy, God's economy. See, you and I think differently, but the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand to flight now imagine with 300 of us and there's 300,000 people in our city imagine what we could do together you see together we need the churches need to come together 
We got 42 churches coming together. Imagine what we can do, what we can put to flight. <laughs> it's powerful when you think about that. And so when you and I start to understand that, you and I understand the power that we're able to possess. One horse can pull 3,000 pounds, but two horses can pull 9,000 pounds. So you and I have these opportunities, but I got to tell you this, that not only will the right people move you in the right direction, the wrong people will move you in the wrong direction. The wrong people will move you in the wrong direction. You don't believe me? You need to read Corinthians. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. He said, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts, corrupts good character. You, you, you put yourself around those people and you'll become those. And you try and convince yourself that you're evangelizing them, but you never talk about Jesus. Never talk about church. Never read the scripture. Never pray. Don't do, you don't even pray over your meals when you're with the heathen, right? Am I right or wrong? I'm just checking to make sure we're in the same boat here because it got quiet in the church. You know, it got real quiet. I'm like... Are we not in biblical community? <laughs> Glenn, let us say grace, you know. But here's what I want you to think about. And I need you to think about it because I can't tell you and I can't see. Only God knows the truth. And here's the facts. You show me the five most dominant voices in your life, the five closest friends that you have, and I'll tell you your potential by that. And you show me the five most dominant voices in your life, and I'll show you the trajectory of your life in no time. And then you'll say to me, Pastor Mike, I don't know how I got here. I'll say, look around. And then you'll say, they ain't here no more. I'll say, that's what I'm saying. They got you in trouble, then they left you holding the bag. When the drugs run out, so does your friends. When the drink runs out, so does your friends. When you're no, of no use anymore, they roll. Amen, Pastor. I thought I was by myself for a minute. <laughs> Don't take that from me. But the truth of the matter is, listen, think about it. You, got, you remember when you stood down here and there was, some, there was a powerful prayer warrior right here and you needed a job? You, remember, you come up here and you pray and you're like, I'll do anything, God. I don't care why, whatever it is, God, I'll do it. You pray and then God, the next morning the phone rings, you didn't apply. God gives you the job and now you're at that job and the five people that are surround you talk about how hateful the boss is and how much this job isn't a blessing and now all you do is complain about the job that you prayed about that was your blessing. And then you say, I, they, they won't promote me. They won't promote you because you're too busy running them down. Same way in a relationship with God. If you have people and their, and their faith, if you're not hanging with people that are growing in your faith, if you're, if you're hanging with the casual Christian, the carnal Christian, Paul talks about those. He says this. He says, I want to address you with spiritual people, but I can't because you're carnal. He said, you won't understand spiritual things. You hang around with them, and then what happens? They end up pulling you down. They don't raise your hands up. They pull your hands down. You hang around. Think about when you worship with people, you invite somebody to church, right? Usually, if they weren't here, you're all up here, right? Then when they're here, you're like, praise is what I do. And then the music gets a little louder, and you're like, it's what I do. And you rub a little funk, down, praise is what I Before you know it, you're doing it, and then they're looking at you like, who are you? You know, you get to hear, then you get to hear, then you finally get to the PM, you know? 
But the truth of the matter is, we shouldn't be ashamed of who we're praising. We're praising the Lord Jesus Christ, right? If you're afraid to praise God around your friends, you might need some new friends. And then you say, well, I'm trying to win them to Christ. Well, you ain't going to win them to Christ by not telling them how good God is. God's blessed you, and you're like, look what I did. So again, it's this thing, right? People gather for the right reasons, and God is there, and right things happen. We need people who are with us, heart and soul. And today I got a story for you from the Old Testament. It's about a, a man, a, a king named Saul. He had a son named Prince Jonathan, and, then he had, and Jonathan had an armor bearer. And so these three guys, there's a major battle going on, and, and the Israelites are just getting destroyed by the Philistines. They're just getting worn out in 1 Samuel 14. And, and so Saul is there at camp. They're all hiding. Everybody's in hiding right now. They should be fighting, but they're hiding. Does that sound familiar like the church? I don't expect nobody to be hiding for these next six nights, next seven nights. Don't let me find you in the cliffs and the crevices. I expect you to be front center. You know what I'm saying? Heart and soul. Heart and soul. I said heart and soul. And so what happens is now, here's what I don't want you to miss. Now, Jonathan, his father should be the guy he goes to first, but he doesn't go to him because he has a fractured relationship. And the reason he has a fractured relationship is because Jonathan's best friend is David, and he's the one anointed to be king. And, and so they have a fractured, faulty relationship. And so rather than trusting in his dad, he has an armor bearer that God has come alongside him because here's the deal. Not just because you say you have the same God doesn't mean that you're following the same God. Some people's God is their stomach. Some people's God is their credit card. Some people's God is money, sex, and power. But they just hang Christian over it. Right? And so here's, here's Jonathan. He finds himself in this tough spot. They're in a fractured relationship. And one day Jonathan just said, you know what? I'm not being stuck here anymore. I'm tired of being stuck. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of hiding. I'm coming out of hiding. And I'm going, I'm going to do what God's asked me to do. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. My dad can stay hiding, but I can't stand it anymore. And some of you here today, you're tired of being stuck. You're, done, you're ready to get unstuck. And that's why you're here. Right? So what happens is, is Jonathan, in, in, in 1 Samuel 14, 1, he says, One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to the young man bearing his armor, <coughs> Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he didn't tell his father. So he goes out, he says, Hey, this is what I need you to do. I need you to come with me. We're going to go over. And i got to be honest with you. I'm not telling my dad because my dad is not the guy that I can trust in right now. The guy that I can, he's going to bring me down. He's not going to give me faith. He's going to subtract faith from me. And so the Bible says everything changed. He said, I'm not staying there anymore. I'm going and I'm going to intentionally seek the right relationship. So what's he do? He connects he connects with his armor bearer. I'm here to tell you that today, right relationships do not happen by accident. You don't trip in the Bible study. You know, Wednesday night comes, you're like, oh, hey, how'd I get here? Oh, hey, it's a men's Bible study. What's up, guys? It doesn't happen. You don't fall into those things. They're divine appointments, but it takes investment. Everybody say sacrifice. 
It takes sacrifice, time, and commitment. And what I want you to see today, the right people will help us navigate obstacles and temptations. You need to see that today. The right people will help us navigate those obstacles and temptations. Look at what happens here. On each side of the pass, everybody say each side that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine cliff, uh, outpost was a cliff. One was Bozes and the other was Senna. The other was Senna. And so he says, these are two things. So right away, we're already, it's against us. We don't have the full support of someone we think we should have, but we have the support of someone that we didn't expect. Because let me tell you something. Sometimes the person that God put in your life is not the person you would pick. This is what I told people yesterday when we sent them out into the streets. I said, the very person that you don't want to talk to is the exact person God wants you to talk to. I said, when you come up on them and you're like, uh-uh, Jesus, that's exactly the one Jesus is saying, uh-huh, Jesus. And so I ain't talking to him. I ain't talking to her. And then Jesus is like, yes, you are. Like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Until finally you give in or you go home. Right? So what we see here is these obstacles. And so, and here's the interesting point. Bozes and Senna. You know, Bozes literally means slippery. Slippery. And, and Senna means thorny. Senna means thorny. So it's interesting when you look at the journey, you got slippery slopes of temptation and thorny uh, obstacles that our spiritual enemy puts in our place. And sometimes you don't, thorns are where you don't expect them to be. I was out there with my brother-in-law and my, and my BFF, Rudy. We were uh, canoeing. We were canoeing down uh, the Juniper uh, Springs. And as we're going down there, there's all of these, right along this one section, there's all these thorny bushes. So uh, Carlisle and I, being the smart ones, uh, we, we hold up the deal to make sure the things are getting... <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't think about our brother in the back. And the thorn comes and whacks him in the head. And I turn around and Rudy's got these dots in his head and they're bleeding down. He didn't even know he was bleeding. He looked like he had a crown of thorns. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, and he's like, dude, there's thorns. <laughs> Anybody who knows Rudy knows first thing he's going to say is, dude. Next thing is whatever's happening. But, but you don't, sometimes thorns are where you don't expect them to be. But thorns hurt, especially if they hit you in the face right and so here's this situation you and i we got to have the right people in our lives because you and i can be tripped up by temptation but if you're hanging around with people who know your weakness and prey upon your weakness then you're not gonna but you need people who know what your temptations are that's why we talk about it we talk about having accountability partners you can have your bible study you can have your small group but you also have to have accountability partners that you can say anything to they know your temptations and they'll tell you straight they're not gonna they're not gonna mess with you they're gonna give you the straight answer from the bible we need those people you need people that can help you you can't have someone, if you're talking about someone that's not your spouse, and then they join in and go, boy, he's hot, boy, she's hot. Uh-uh, that's the wrong dude. That's the wrong chick. Wrong person. I'm sorry, that is. You, you, they need to be like, aren't you married? Do I need to tell Sandra? Do I need to tell Lorena? Do I need to tell Mary Beth? You know, and they're like, uh-huh. And then you're like, hold on now. The first look is the one you get. The second look's what kills you, Right? But you can't have somebody that join. You have to have somebody say, no, no, we don't do like that. When, my, when I go out with the boys, my wife already knows. My, those boys, we're solid. And their wives know when they're with me, we're solid. We ain't out there doing nothing. I ain't trying to talk about I ain't even talking about who's hot on the screen. I don't care about her. Amen. 
Thank you. Can I get a high five on that one and a hug? Because I, I was all by myself for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, G and Jesus, you know. I, I got alone for a minute. I ain't never felt so alone in my life, you know. But the truth of the matter is, is that we need, and then when you run into a challenge, do you have people who run toward it with you or away? We got to have people that run toward that challenge with us. That's why six nights... Listen, last year I shared my, my struggle with you. I told you panic and anxiety and heat is one of those things that does it. And God gave me grace last year, remember? Now he asked me to do a six nights. And I'm like, come on, Jesus. I did one and I shouted about it. He's like, yeah, and I'll do six. I'm like, you better send some people with me. But you got to have people because there's a time when you need to know people care. There's a time when people need to know that you're with them. Heart and soul because anybody anybody and everybody and what I love about our men's Bible study is we're not afraid to tell you that there's time when we need our faith to grow I, I love about our church we have people who say you know what I'm struggling I need I need faith even Jesus followers said help us with our unbelief doubting Thomas we had these struggles and so the right people will help us overcome wavering faith Right when you get to that point, you're like, oh, I'm not sure, man. I, I, I want to do it, but I don't know. And then you go, and then you have that experience, right? So the right people will help you overcome that. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised uh, fellows. Why has he got to call people names? <laughs> he, he couldn't say the Philistines. He had to call them names, right? Let's go over there to those uncircumcised fellows. And, and here's my favorite part of the text. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the text, Brother Art. This is it. He says, perhaps. Perhaps the Lord will work with us. You know, he went, well, you know, it might work out, it might not work out. You know? <laughs> he says, perhaps the Lord will act. I'm not, this is scripture. I'm not even making this up. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. Now, you know what? You've got to have somebody with you, heart and soul, when you're like, hey, let's see if how this thing works out. See, now what Jonathan knew is Jonathan knew that God was going to give him victory over the Philistines. He just didn't know if it was today. He knew he had ultimate victory, but he didn't know if it was going to be today. And so he looks at his armor bearer who was going to put his life on the line. And he says, perhaps a lot of work. And he's like, okay, then I'm with you. We need people who will be with us heart and soul, even when our faith is uncertain. Even when we're struggling, we need to be able to do that. I remember that we wouldn't even be in this building today had it not been for God's grace. Almost 10 years ago, you have people speaking things in your life that aren't true, but you've got to have people that are with you heart and soul. 10 years ago, I got church consultants these church consultants who ain't never done nothing and to grow a church come in and they want to teach you about church and they decide that you're unhealthy, that you're not worthy of leading, that you're this and you're that and they heap all this stuff on you and you don't allow them to do it and then they call you ungodly and, and they call you the guy that's going to be the hang up. Then you go to your denomination, and in your denomination, they look you in the face and said, you didn't plant that church in our power. Whose power did you plant it? And I said, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Right? And then they look at me, and they say this. They say, oh, so you want to stay with us? I said, no, no you made a mistake. 
I didn't come here today to ask your permission. I came here today to resign. I just want to resign respectfully. I want to make sure we're on the same page. Because they said, you have to take the people that are on your board right now and discard them. So Paul, Blanche, um, uh, uh, D, and Royce couldn't be my board. They were going to give me some guys that don't know me, don't know anything about me, don't know this city, and they're going to make them my board, and they're going to make decisions for the church. I said, you can keep all your people. I'm going to stick with the people that are with me heart and soul. Well, who's going to support you? Jesus. Well, how are you going to make it? Jesus. And Jesus provided people with us heart and soul. And, and then you know what they did when I left? They waited for us to fall. They waited to hear the door close because they know that 75% of churches that start, they close. And so they waited to hear the door close. They're still waiting. It's almost a decade. They're still waiting. They're still waiting. Because when you have the right people who are with you, heart and soul, you'll do whatever it takes, however it takes. You see, right people that are with you, heart and soul. I'm not talking about your Facebook friends. I'm not talking about people that you're insta-connected to. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about people that are with you, heart and soul. And this is what I love about the armor bearer. The armor bearer, the right people are with you, heart and soul. He says, do all that you have in mind. Everybody say all. All that you have in mind, said his arm bearer, go ahead, I'm with you heart and soul. He said, you go where I go, I go where you go, and whatever happens is how it rolls. And that's what we're talking about tonight at the consecration service all the way through six nights. I'm with you heart and soul. We're going out there and we're going to do it. Do all that the Lord has put in your heart. Do all that you have in mind, and we're going to trust God. That's the answer right there. That's, the, that's what you're looking for. Whatever God puts in your heart, I'm going to be here for you. I'm not leaving you. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be here for a while and then I'm rolling out on you. The deepest places of our heart, what God has spoken. And that's what we've been living with as a fellowship. I told you people ask me all the time. They think that I have some kind of uh, book or some kind of, of formula for how, to, how do you get church people to work. They really do. Pastors are always like, man... You, you, you should tell everybody how you do it. Say, well, let's see, we pray, we go, and we do. And they're with me heart and soul. They're like, yeah, but how do you get us? I said, we pray, we go, and we do. We love each other, and we work together. That's what we do. And so when I tell them what's in my heart, they believe what's in my heart, they believe it's from God, and we go. And that's what we do. That's how you get 250 people to go to CareFest. That's how you get 170 people to go to um, the revival. There's no magic pill. There's no magic potion. I got nothing to sell you. But I do have this incredible manual. And I mean, I'm telling you what, you should. it's like the most read book in the world. Uh, and I, I'll even give you one for free. You could even get it for free. This is the answer. And, but you know what? This is what we're about. Heart and soul, guys. We're together on this. We need each other. We need people to say, I'm with you. Heart and soul. We need people who are, who are there through the good times and bad times. I need people that I can walk into the church and say, man, I'm struggling with drugs. I need help. I need people who can walk into the church and say, man, my kids, I don't know where they're at. I feel like a terrible parent right now, but I need somebody to pray and not judge me. I need somebody who, who if I'm sick, doesn't say it's because I don't have enough faith. And if you don't think that's true, you should really think about it, even in the clergy. 
I recently had a clergyman mock my panic and anxiety publicly. Wouldn't ride the elevator because first off, you, I, I can walk, but second off, I, I'm a big man in the elevator. And I got panic and anxiety, and I know that's a trigger for that, so I chose not to get in there. Chose not. I could get in, but I chose not. What kind, who calls this, and this guy calls himself a man of God, and he won't even ride an elevator. And I'm like, really? That's what happens? That's how I get, I get shot by my own people for being honest and truthful about my struggle? You're going to use it against me? Well, here's the real question. What man of God would speak against another man of God? See, when you, show, when you show yourself to people, they can either choose it to be with you heart and soul or they can use it to destroy you. But I choose to say, you know what? I'm going to be around people who are with me heart and soul. Last year, I'll never forget it. You guys prayed me through that. I told you, I stood right here and said, man, I'm scared. I don't want to do this because heat is that thing that sets me off. And you know what? You guys prayed me through. And I needed it. You were with me heart and soul. And God did amazing things in people's lives. Same thing here. Now I got six nights, so I'm going to need some serious prayer. But ultimately, you're with me heart and soul, guys. We need that, man. We need people who aren't religious. I need, I need people that are relational. I don't need holier-than-thou people who think, well, if you'd have been a better parent. No, man. There's sin in your life. That's why your kids... No, man. Not at all. We need to come around each other, love each other, pray for each other, encourage one another. And when you see their children, you need to love their children and, and give them acceptance and care. That's what we need. We need that kind of church. We need people who are with us, heart and soul. It says, I'm going to pray with you through this thing. When people come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Mike, will you uh, pray for me? Uh, remember to pray for me? We're praying now. I'll remember later, but why not right now? That's what we got. We got to be a people to pray. That's why Pastor Glenn gave everybody the business yesterday and said, hey, don't ask, can I? Just say, how can I? There's a difference between how can I pray for you? And you do that all the time, and God does miraculous things if you just make yourself available. I was standing on the, on the dock, and a guy comes over. He starts telling me his troubles. I'm just trying to fish. He tells me his troubles. Finally, I'm like, well, he needs something, and all I got is prayer, or bait, one of the two, because and, and, I wasn't catching nothing, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so... so I say, man, he tells me all, everything's happened in Texas. He's got all these terrible things happening in his life. I said, man, I need to pray for you. And he's like, okay. So I grabbed his hands and I prayed. And as I prayed for him, man, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit getting a hold of him. And when, we, when I said amen, he opened his eyes. He was like, okay. <laughs> Thank you. And Lorena, Lorena said, well, what would you say to him? I said, I just prayed for him. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to remember him. I mean, he had a long story. How am I going to remember all that? But I can pray for it right now, and I'll pray for him later. But ultimately, it's people who, who, who just step out in faith. It doesn't have to be over the top. It can allow us to do that. But guys, i got to tell you, there's one key thing. Remember I talked about there's one thing keeping us, and that one thing is right relationship. The number one relationship we have to have is our relationship with Jesus. Our relationship with Jesus, I'm telling you, that is the most important relationship right now. That is the relationship that we need more than he could. Because if we get that one right, then he's going to surround us with the other right relationships. He's going to put us in those right places. 
But we got to be willing, and here's all I'm asking, is all I'm asking is don't ignore the people God puts in your life thinking, looking for a king when you need an armor bearer. You already have a king. His name is Jesus. Right? Some people look past the armor bearer because you think they're below you, but they're only below you to hold you up. They're trying to lift you up. They're there to support you. Perhaps the Lord will go for our side and they're willing to say yes. So many times we, we get caught up. And guys, we got to look for the right thing. You already have a king. Look and see who God's putting around your life. And those people that he's putting in your life may not be the people you choose, but the, the people he chooses. And trust me, I'd rather have them. You know, when people saw the, the people that Jesus chose, they were probably like, he could have got better. Right? I mean, truthfully, you know, a foul-mouthed fisherman, tax collector, you know, could have got better. But Jesus said, no. Nope. I came for, I, they're the ones that said, he, I said follow, and they said yes. And so if he did that for them, why not us? And today Jesus is saying, follow, will you say yes? And here's what I know. Here's what I know. Jesus is with you, heart and soul. The question that we have is, are you with him, heart and soul? And if you're with him, heart and soul, there ain't nothing that can prevent you from the will, plan, and purpose of God in your life. So I want to invite you to have that right relationship with God. And, uh, and are you going to be perfect? Well, we, we're being what? Perfected. Which means we're not going to get it right, which means I have to forgive you, love you, and we work together, right? We work together. We're not going to get it all, but we're not going to get it, but we're going to work together for this. We're not going to give up on each other. We're not going to give up on God. And we got to say, I'm with you heart and soul. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day and this opportunity. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you'll just be present in this room. I already know you are because we're your temple. And God, I'm praying right now for those people that, Lord, they just found out today that you're with them heart and soul. Or they've been mulling this over and they've been hearing about you, but now it's their time. It's time for them to say, Jesus, I'm with you heart and soul. And God, I pray that they'll have the courage to be with you heart and soul. Amen. And God, I just thank you. I thank you, God, that you're with us. I thank you that you love us. And God, I thank you for the joy that you have planned for us. And God, I know there's going to be struggles but you're going to put, you'll be with us and others will be around us. And we'll fight together. And we'll win because the victory is already ours. And so God, I pray for each person here. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I want to be with Jesus heart and soul. I need to be with him heart and soul, not half-heartedly, all the way. Heart and soul, I'm with God. I'm with Jesus. I need that today more than my next breath. If that's you, we just slip your hand up high in the air. Anybody in the house? Yes says, that's me, yes, that's me, yes, that's me, yes. Thank you, thank you. You guys may place your hands, everyone, within the sound of our voice. We're just going to say this simple prayer, just your heart to God's. So that's what I love about prayer. It's just between you and God. And we just simply say, Jesus, I love you. And Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I receive you. I am with you heart and soul. And you are with me heart and soul. I'm forgiven. I am new. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected, and I promise to run back to you all the days of my life. It is in the name of Jesus that I pray this prayer through faith, and the church of Jesus Christ said, amen, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap today because he's an amazing God? Ooh, God is good.